Signs of Life by Hannah Crouch Mary is sat at a desk, illuminated by a candle. She rolls a pen between her fingers and studies a blank page. Come to bed. For a romantic, you're not particularly adept at persuading me to bed. I will be honest with you. I'm too tired to try. <laughs> Byron's fine wine and unmatched wit has you so undone. Indeed. Now bed. You go, if you wish. I will attempt Mary, to... you don't have to force yourself to write. If anything, it could be the worst thing to conjure inspiration. Everyone has come up with a ghost story of some kind. And I cannot bear to come down each morning to be asked whether I have thought of one. Then I will tell them to stop asking you. And bear the shame of being thought of as cowardly or so insipid that I lack the imagination to come up with anything at all. What exactly are you planning to write when it is past one and any man who is good or decent has already gone to bed? Well then, tis a shame you are neither good or decent. Aye. A good man would try harder to make you come to bed. <laughs> Now, good night. Do not stay up too late. I hardly see the point in sleeping. I find it so hard with this weather. The storms and thunder do not cease. I do not find that to be such a difficulty, especially when we've talked for so long. Oh. Still, should lend a hand with your story, I imagine. of lightning illuminates the space. Mary looks to her right and sees a younger version of herself sat by a gravestone. Younger Mary carefully traces the letters with her fingers. Her father William enters and stands over her. Mary, I am to marry again. Why? 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 Because I am not particularly wealthy. I am struggling to keep you all. Keep us? I could keep myself. You intend to earn a living? Yes. And what will you do? Right. Like you and Mama. Well, I will warn you now. There is not a good deal of money in it, Mary. In any case, a man must provide for his family in any way he can. How does marrying someone do such a thing? You are almost too smart for your own good. But I'll speak to you plainly. If I marry for a woman's wealth, then that wealth becomes my own. It will give me some funds for a time. How long of a time? Well, until my own fortune is somewhat restored. And when will that be? I cannot say with certainty. Then how do you know it will work? Because it has to, Mary. It's not very nice to marry someone just for money. No, indeed it is not. But you will do it anyway. It is not a choice I make with ease or joy. But to ensure you and your sister do not starve or are taken from me, I will do it. I will not marry. Not for wealth or love. Then you are wise beyond your years. Come, the air grows cold. We should keep walking. He helps younger Mary up, and they continue their walk. As William passes by Mary, he places a bundle on her lap. Looking confused, she unwraps the bundle. She lifts her head 
and looks at the baby. That you cannot do to me. You cannot haunt me again. I forbid it. You ought not to be here. If only I could write about you. Your shadow. Sometimes I hear you. I hear your cries at night, and in waking, I long to comfort you. You snuck away so quietly, so softly. I wish you had given me some warning. The creation by a woman is so very different from a man's. For a woman, it is all-encompassing. We give and give and give, and do not stop giving until there is nothing left. And I fear you took part of me with you when you went and did not return it to me. You burnt it from me. No, don't do this now. Wake up, little one. Please don't. Please don't. Don't be dead. The lighting flashes. In the darkness, the baby disappears. And when the stage is lit up again, Mary jerks awake. She looks around, confused, and looks down at her empty arms. A figure moves from the back of the space. Mary turns around, hearing the footsteps, but cannot see the face of the person. The figure moves the candle from her desk. There is no need to be so blunt, Percy. I intend to go to bed. I've had such strange dreams. The figure removes the pen and inkwell from the desk. You are quiet? The figure spreads a white sheet over the desk. Are you putting my desk to rest? You are so keen to prevent me from spending another moment here. She turns around to face the figure, who scoops her up and lays her on the desk. Mary grasps and struggles to sit up, but the figure pushes her back down. Percy! The figure covers her with another longer, heavier sheet, tying the ends to the legs of the desk and trapping her within. Mary tries to find a way out, her hands stretching the material. Percy, stop! The figure, Frankenstein, stops momentarily, then grasps the notebook and pen. He looks up to the audience. One of the phenomena which had particularly attracted my attention was the structure of the human frame, and indeed any animal endued with life. Whence, I often ask myself, did the principle of life proceed? To examine the causes of life, we must first have recourse to death. In my education, my father had taken the greatest precautions that my mind should be impressed with no supernatural horrors. I do not ever remember to have trembled at a tale of superstition or to have feared the apparition of a spirit. Darkness had no effect upon my fancy, and a churchyard was to me merely a receptacle of bodies deprived of life, which, from being the seat of beauty and strength, had become food for the worm. Mary jolts in fright, and Frankenstein looks at the desk entranced. Mary finds a flap in the material where it has not been tied down. She wriggles a hand out. Frankenstein spots this and pushes her hand back inside the sheet, securing the material further. Mary angrily thrashes about, pushing back. She manages to rip aside the fabric and claws her way out. Frankenstein moves back in shock. Finally, out of the sheets, Mary breathes heavily. 
She wheels round to face Frankenstein. He is staring at her. Why did you do such a thing? Who are you? Answer me. I command you, speak! Mary lunges for him, grabbing at his shirt and dragging him to his knees. Why? Tell me why. Speak! The lighting flashes and in that brief moment of darkness Frankenstein runs. He is replaced by the creature. When the stage lights up once more, Mary takes in the creature. Who are you? What are you? Mary tilts her head to one side. The creature watches the movement intensely, then copies it clumsily. Mary gasps and moves back again. The creature gasps. Mary watches, then reaches a hand out to touch the creature. He lifts his head and reaches his hand out to hers. Who are you? The light flickers on in the room. The creature is gone, and Mary is stood with her hands outstretched. Mary, what on earth are you doing? I... I hardly know anymore. I suppose, praying that you are not another frightful apparition. I will not tell you again. Come to bed. I scarcely know if I can. I had such terrible dreams. What did you dream of? Seems impossible to describe. A creature. Creation. A a man. a, A beast. I'm unsure where to begin. Tell me you are not dreaming of Byron. No, it was not Byron. Something altogether stranger. If such a thing is possible. Tell us about it in the morning. Perhaps it will serve as your horror story. I think it will suffice.